This is the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense Podcast. I'm Susie Collick, the founder of Pretty Deadly Self-Defense. And I'm Kate Lismer, a writer, traveler, mother, and expat. As a woman who lives in a big city and likes to travel, I'm very curious about self-defense. I've never had any training, so I have a lot of questions. And I have a lot of answers. We figured you probably have similar questions, too. And so we thought it'd be a great idea to share this conversation and put it in a podcast. So welcome to the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense Podcast. Another part of our training, which all ninjutsu dojos will tell you about, is the most po- the story of the most powerful ninja. The most powerful ninja were the female ninja called the kunoichi. So ninjutsu incorporates Shinto Buddhism, and in Shinto Buddhism, nine is the most powerful number. The kunoichi were nine, the most powerful, Q, plus one more, ichi, kunoichi. So what the way that the story is told, and the story is always told by men, is that the female ninja, the kunoichi, were so powerful because they could use their femininity, they could use their beauty, they could use their sexuality to go places where men couldn't. They could become the girlfriends, the lovers, the confidants, the concubines, the wives of the mayor, the governor, the daimyo, the emperor, whatever. Um, Collect all the political secrets at night while he whispers in her ear and, I don't know, assassinate him with a poison hairpin or something. And that sounded totally cool. You know, like, yeah, all right, cool. I'll be a female assassin. Yeah. One of the things that we would do, so ninjutsu is the art of the ninja. And part of our training was playing ninja games. But ninja games also helped us develop our, I, our understanding of situational awareness, strategic thinking, and shin 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 gan, which means to hear what is not spoken and see what is not shown. So we would do things like, you know, how do you defend yourself if you're surrounded by 10 samurai, which is strategic thinking. Or how do you escape a room that has no windows, which is situational awareness. Shin, 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 gone. You know, how do you, how do you feel someone coming at you or whatever? So this was all really cool. And as I went along with my training, incorporating these aspects of kunoichi or what I believed were the aspects of the kunoichi, as well as these ninja games, you know, I felt very powerful and oh, I'm a natural at it. And, and it's often, women are often told, especially in these types of environments, that they're really good at it and they're naturals at it. But as I also incorporated this other aspect of Chad's teaching to look for situations and movements in my everyday life that I could relate my training to, I started to see a different kind of correlation. I'm at a bar, I'm, I'm, I'm cornered at a bar by five guys who won't leave me alone. You know, I give them a false phone number. I tell them I have a boyfriend, I'm married, I have a girlfriend, I'm a nun, whatever it is. You know, I give them a lot of excuses to get, or I give them a lot of reasons to get away from me and keep myself safe. That's strategic thinking. You know, I walk onto the subway on a Friday night. You know, everybody's in party mode. Are they drunk? Are they high? Are they hyper? Are they low-key? Are they angry? Are they joyful? Am I safe? When's the next stop? That's situational awareness. Shin 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 Gan is just intuition. You know, is this really the best time to ask somebody for, to pay me back their, the 20 bucks they owe me? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's all it is. And so I realized that the Kunoichi weren't the most powerful ninja because they were pretty, 
they were the most powerful ninja because they were using the same tools that women have been using for 2,000 years to keep ourselves safe. And I thought, that's incredible. That skill set is incredible and highly powerful. And what a pity that we only apply it to our own physical safety. What if we take all of those Jason Bourne level skills and apply them to other parts of our life? So what if we learn physical self-defense so we know what our bodies can do, we understand what our options are, and we can take this, um, these amazing skills that we have that we've been developing since we were little girls and apply them to getting an education, to pursuing a career, to realizing our dreams, to contributing back to our communities, to making the world a better place. The things that women have learned just in, in being socialized as women, that we can use these skills to master other areas of our life. Exactly. Yeah. The skills that, that women are socialized to learn from the time we're little girls, you know, all these things, situational awareness, strategic thinking, intuition. These are some of the key tools of self-defense. We use them all the time and we learn them really young, Mm -hmm. you know, women specifically, people of color, people of different genders, anybody who is basically not a straight white male. Mm-hmm. right has been using various forms women specifically use this particular set right that we learn from the time we're like you know three or four years old the martial art itself was developed um based on things that come naturally to us so and based on purely body dynamics ninjutsu was developed by farmers so the original ninja were farmers that's all they were. They were smaller than, so the, the Middle Ages were the Middle Ages everywhere, right? So the samurai, who were basically mercenary soldiers, you know, maybe they were inherited their samurai status from their families, but still, they were hired or pledged to a lord, right? And they fought wars, and they protected whatever they were supposed to protect. But when there was nothing going on, they had the same rites of passage as the knights in the Middle Ages in Europe. You know, they could go through towns and take whatever they want, the food, the girls, the animals, the whatever. The farmers couldn't survive like that. I mean, nobody can survive like that, right? And they wanted to defend themselves, but they were, they didn't have the same nutritional base, so they were smaller than samurai. They were a bit weaker as far as muscle, muscular development. Um, But they had a lot of advantages in the sense that um, they had to learn how to use their bodies to like, you know, lift a bale of hay, you know, or plow along, plow a field without becoming exhausted. So that's body dynamics. That's something that they learned within their own communities. Because they were communal people, they also learned a lot about psychology, how people respond, how people don't respond, how did, you know, the ninja are famous for becoming invisible and disappearing, but they don't, they were just, they didn't actually do that. Is that metaphoric in some way that they were, I don't know, invisible in these societies or no, no, they simply just moved past your peripheral vision. That's it. It's a really simple trick. Anybody Mm -hmm. can do it. And it's, it's, but if you think about the fact that this art was developed by people who didn't have the same advantages as the people of privilege, 
They didn't have the size. They didn't have the strength. They sure didn't have the weapons because even in the Middle Ages in Japan, those swords are expensive, you know? So, but they needed to defend themselves and they developed a way to defend themselves based on what they already knew about their bodies, based on if I position my body this way, I can lift something three times my own weight. Mm, Yeah. You know? And that's, I think this part is like super interesting for people who maybe, you know, don't want to get into the nitty gritty of like learning a martial art, but they could really benefit from some of these practical moves. I'm just curious how this martial art form and how your training um, could help somebody to feel more protective. Is that kind of what you're saying, that there would be a sense of trust that they have the ability to handle themselves physically right, and mentally? I think if you you take a martial art or you take a self-defense class and you learn complicated moves, complicated locks, complicated strikes, especially if somebody's going to add in the the name of whatever it is, if it's in Japanese or Chinese or Korean or, you know, Hindu or whatever. Um, And all of these are obstacles. All of these are things saying like, wow, this is really complicated. I don't know if I can do this. I'm, you know, I can't even remember what it's called. What I love about ninjutsu is that it is very easy to find. It's all based on natural body movement. And it's all based on um, your finding where your own center is. I mean, you're not your spiritual center, but your geographical center of your body and learning how to move from there and understanding that, you know, every time an elbow flies up out of a re- out of a reflex that can also be weaponized. And it's not something that requires an enormous amount of training. It's actually something that you're already doing. You're just not applying it to self-defense situations because you don't think you can or you, it's never crossed your mind. Things that we teach in Pretty Deadly, and it's a, it's a kick in ninjutsu, and it's a kick that people do in their daily lives. We call it opening the door. So when you have um, your arms full of groceries or books or something and you need to push open a heavy metal door with your foot, because your hands are full, right? We, we've all done it at least once or twice in our lives. We walk up to that door without thinking about it, if it's something, a place we're familiar with, right? We walk up to that door without thinking about it at all. We lift our foot and we push open the door. We don't fall over. We don't send ourselves backwards. We're in perfect balance. We don't drop all the groceries. I mean, sure, all these things have happened once or twice, right? But in general, we can do it and we can do it again and again. We push open that heavy door and then we walk through. Or we push open that heavy door and we think, oh, crap, I left my keys in the car. And we go in the opposite direction without falling over. A heavy metal door is, a, I don't even know how much they weigh, a lot, right? I, if I were to pick it up off the ground, I wouldn't be able to do it. But I can kick it open with my foot. So this is body position. This is having the correct distance, which you actually measure correctly without even thinking about it, right? So you correctly distance yourself. When you take that first step towards the door, you automatically um, turn your toes slightly out. If you pay attention to yourself next time you do this, this is what you'll discover. You turn your toes slightly out. You slightly bend your support leg. You lift the knee of of the other leg, and then you push out with the flat of your foot. Your torso is bent slightly forward, like if if you're skiing downhill. 
All of these things help your balance. And your arms are already raised because they're holding groceries or books. This, this movement, uh, this position rather, puts you in perfect balance and gives you an enormous amount of strength because you're pushing out with your leg from the geographical center of your body, from your pelvic basin. It's brilliant. You've done it. You can imagine yourself doing it. You can probably think like, you know, oh yeah, I remember that time I did that and I didn't fall over and I didn't hurt myself and I didn't break the eggs. I just walked in. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's, that's basically what it is. Pretty Deadly Self-Defense is a self-defense program created by a 20-year martial arts veteran and violent crime survivor, Susie Collin, based in Berlin, Germany. You can learn more about Susie and the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense program at prettydeadlyselfdefense.com.